Well, it's been a decade of memories, some good, some bad. Either way, it's all part of the football club. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review Decade in Review Special. It's James Scott and Adam here with you. It's Podular Media Production, and you might also be listening to us on Football Nation Radio. Guys, well, it's the end of 2019, the end of the 2010s. Adam, we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We do. It's been um, a very, very interesting decade. I think it's a roller coaster. Would be a good way to describe it. You know, had the highs of winning some championship, and there's been some some bloody lows as well. Scott, what what are you thinking right now? Looking back and remembering what Brisbane Roar brought us. When I think about this decade in review, all I can think about is the fact that at the start of this decade, we all would have taken one championship. To be sitting here and having the club won four championships, five championships in that time, three in the A League, one in the W League, and one in the Y League. To it's been a really successful decade. Obviously, there's been some other stuff less positive over the time, but all I can think back on is how positive this decade's been. It is funny. I just think back, you know, winning the grand finals, winning the champion, or winning the premierships, all these trophies, all these honours, and it's all come with a whole bunch of other stuff as well. You know, it's, it's never smooth sailing, and it kind of sums up the way that Australian football's gone in the last decade. Yeah, look, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, I guess as Royal fans, you know, we have been very, very lucky. You know, some of the great moments, so that, and we'll, we'll talk about them shortly. But um, also as well, it's also been a lot of sort of lows. And, you know, a lot of times, with, I guess the faith has almost been tested in a way. And that's, look, I, I think we wouldn't be alone. You know, across, I think across the league next couple of weeks, a lot of our compatriots that, you know, do this as well. They, I think they'll have similar stories that, you know, there's been some good times and there's been some bad times. Well, in most cases anyway. All right, so this is in lieu of our regular podcast because obviously uh, when we release this, it will be the week of Christmas and as much as we love doing this show, we don't really want to see each other at the festive time of year, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't, really want to, I, I don't really want to see you at any time, James, no offence. <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh, you that's sound like my true. wife. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so obviously there's been a lot of uh, stories to cover and I'm going to just take a look back at you know, all the things that have happened for the Raw. And we're going to start off by looking at the best game of the past 10 years. So the way that I've uh, made my selections is the decade obviously starts January 1st, 2010. So that does include the end of the 2009-2010 uh, season. And it does go to the midway point of the current 2019-2020 A-League season as well. Now, we will get onto the W League in a second. But first, we've got to go through the best A-League games. And to do this, instead of us just going, oh, didn't we all love this moment, that game, or this, we're going to do a little bit of a draft. So the way it's going to work, we're going to alternate picks each round. Uh, Scott, you're going to have the first pick uh, overall for the best game draft. And then Adam and I can't pick what you select, and we're going to keep going down and see how deep we can get into the Brisbane Raw rabbit hole. So, Scott, you're on the clock. Yeah, I've done the New York Knicks thing here. I've manipulated the the um, envelopes here to make sure I get the best pick. Just, actually, I haven't because you've you set this up, but I'm taking the obvious one, the best game of the decade. It has to be the 2011 A-League Grand Final. It was 
for the just you're putting aside the sheer drama of it, it was the culmination of the best season Raw have had in that dec- in this decade. I mean, it was a, an almost perfect season for the Raw, and it was a perfect way for that season to come to an end. And the the game itself was was just there's a thousand storylines storyline from it on its own. The first half when the Raw played okay and couldn't get the first goal, and then you remember the massive monsoonal rain which hit hit right on right at the end of the end of halftime and through the second half and the goal still wouldn't come and I remember Bernie Abini coming on looking like he might steal the game for the Mariners later on and of course and you think extra time came along and everyone knows what happened it just ha- it has to be number one the best the best game of the decade bar none yeah well that was the obvious pick I just want to mention two things from that night as well well three things actually first of all I remember when the monsoon hit, we had those uh, Hyundai clappers which disintegrated when they got wet and did absolutely yeah, nothing to keep me dry. <laughs> Definitely not. Secondly, I remember Bernie Abini coming on and thinking, God, that guy's going to uh, win the Socceroos the World Cup if every performance is like that. And three, I remember showing up to uni the next day with absolutely no voice and still in my raw jersey, which might have been a bit damp. Not sure if it was rain, not sure if it was sweat. Maybe a couple of tears. I don't remember. I just know I blacked out when Pardaloo's head hit the back of the net. Adam, what about you? Yeah, look, it's it's look, it's, it's the obvious pick, you know, just the drama. You know, it's it's probably the moment that Brisbane Raw to this to this day, you know, when you do you know when you do the highlights of the heart reel of the A League for 15 years, it's been just that's the one that Brisbane Raw go featured prominently with. Not so much Central Coast. I think it's one they probably forget. Want to forget, but oh, it's been all season as well. They'd be proud to be part of that because I think it is. I think it's probably still the the most dramatic A League game of the first fifteen years of the A League. Yeah, absolutely. It is maybe not the defining game, but it was just a fantastic showpiece as well. You had two really good sides, uh, you know, trading heavyweight blows back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Really, I think it's just best summed up by what Matt McKay had to say after the game. Uh, first of all, oh yeah! So yeah, Matt McKay, I think, sums up the feelings of everybody there. And yeah, I just remember yeah getting picked on a little bit at uni the next day because I had no voice. All right. You did want to get to uni that day, to be fair. Yep, definitely. All right, Adam, what's your uh, pick for the best game? Well, in lieu of not having grandpa, one, this is one actually, it's probably also a personal one as well. And I have a few, few uh, people at it. For me, the best game was actually the two, 2015 uh, Asian Champions League win over um, Uruwa Red Diamonds in Saitama, which was the first um, for the first uh, win in Asia for the Raw. And that was being, being there and actually seeing it. But like, the game itself wasn't much, much shop other than Brendan where I was scoring in the second minute where no one in Australia had actually seen it because of um, the Fox Sports coverage still covering the, the game in Sydney. But, um, but yeah, just but just from a, I guess, a point, point of view of, you know, being a historic win um, as well. And, and also, well, that uh, Red Diamonds team was a pretty decent team, and they threw absolutely everything at the Raw, and they just held on, you know, grimly. So that, for me, for me, is the best Raw game, that I, in my opinion. That's actually a pretty decent pick, and not one that I would have expected to go in the first round, but thinking back on it, you're right. It is a very momentous occasion as well. And, yeah, it would have been nice to see the goal, but it was one of those times where it still was that classic core of Raw players and just showing that, they had that mentality to grind out wins, and yeah, I, I can't argue with that. What about you, Scott? 
Yeah, I, I just think Adam's at a bit of an advantage here because I don't think neither of us saw this live. I just remember swearing at my television and at Fox Sports to cut to the damn game already because I think there was an injury or something in the... I think it was the West Sydney game before that which we saw that game go over the, the, the um, allotted uh, running time which meant they couldn't cut to the Raw game and all I remember them saying is in the they were doing the interview with a West Sydney player and I'm like, just cut to the game already because... They've Raw have kicked off, and I know they've scored because I'm seeing it on Twitter, but I can't see the game. I can't see what's happening. So it, it is a really significant moment that Adam's right because the Raw have had their ups and downs in Asia, shall we say, over the decade. But And they ha- didn't win a game in the first year that they were in it. So to get that first win, that monkey off the back, was a big moment. Adam's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that as well. All right, I'm going to move to my pick. Third overall, 2014 grand final win against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Just the spectacle of that night, and I think it might have been the most scenic grand final at Suncourt Stadium because you had probably the best travelling support I've seen in all of football that afternoon. A beautiful, clear, actually surprisingly cold day, and just, again, another one of those heavyweight bouts that was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And in the end, the game was turned by just a couple of moments of brilliance from a couple of Brisbane Raw icons that we're going to be talking about a little bit later on. Thomas Broich, Bessart, Barisha, and Enrique. Yeah, look, that's, a, again, yeah, a, you know, another grand final to momentous moment. 50, a full Suncorp Stadium is, there's probably, when it's full, there's probably no better rectangular stadium in this country. Um, and, yeah, look, it, it was a game, it was a game that, you know, that had, you no. Know, it was like a roller coaster, you know, Western Sydney hit the front to uh, Matt Sporanovic, if I remember correctly. Uh, Bessart, Barisha, Brisha, um, yeah, Brisha, yep. first goal. Yep, and yep. then and obviously then Enrique's um, winner, winner in uh, in stoppage time. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, in extra time in front of the den. Oh, that was that, amazing. Uh, the den. That was that was crazy. And Enrique beating, I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Spiranovic for that header to no, help set. Was Loroca, who ha- himself had a phenomenal game that there and just. It just worked out that way. All right, let's keep moving. Adam, you're picking first in the second round. So who is, which game are you taking fourth overall? Um, for me, with the game, it would be the uh, round 17, 2011-2012 against uh, Sydney FC. Uh, obviously, that was the game where uh, Sydney were leading for 90-something minutes and then Mo Adnan's free kick, followed by Bessup Russia's winner. And then, then better Russia wanting to fight Pascal Bosha in that order. In that order, <laughs> and the other thing about that game as well, obviously, it was the first anniversary of the flood. So I remember they had tape on the goalposts showing how high the flood water had gotten 12 months before. And again, that was just another one of those crazy sort of crazy sort of days that just it, it kicked off at the end. And I'm sitting in the crowd, you know, one section over from the main part of the den, going. What's going on? Like, you always knew Barisha was a little bit mad, but that was when I first, you know, really got to see that stabby Bessart Barisha eyes. Yeah, and it goes back to the game before they played, obviously, down in Sydney, the um, end of the calendar year before that, where obviously something was said to Bessart, which I think none of the Raw forgotten. That's what triggered Bessart that night. And it was also, from memory, I think it was Thomas Broich's first game back from it. The really only one injury he had over his seven-year career at the Raw. I think he was out for five or six games there, and I don't think the Raw... I think they might have won one of those games in that time. I think that was his first game back, and 
it was it was one of those things we saw a lot of those dramatic late winners at Suncorp in that in that 2011 12 13 time frame under Ange Postecoglou and this was probably outside of any of the final series games this was number one in the regular season yep absolutely all right uh we're gonna keep it moving and I'm up next with pick number five and I'm going to go for I've actually got a tough choice here I'm, to- I'm tossing up between two I think I'm gonna go with would have been the 2014-2015 season, Luke Bratton's last-minute thunderbolt to seal the Premier's plate against Melbourne Victory in a game that where the Raw were just kicking down the door, kicking down the door, and eventually Bratton just went, screw it, we're winning this, and he just blasted it in. Yeah, that's... um, that The Luke, the Eric Pardlew header was the, the number one goal for me that I celebrated over the course of the decade. Luke Bratton's thunderbolt in stoppage time to win the Premier's plate was number two. That was... The celebrations that night, I remember them vividly. That was a great night, and it was good to see that goal go in then because it was, it had been building all all night. And it's like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And typical Brisbane Raw, it happens in the ninety third minute. I had a ten k run a uh, race event the next day, and I was a little bit a little bit slow uh, in that one, mostly because I I got home and literally just watched that probably three four minutes of set up set up goal celebration. Just over and over and over and over and over and over, as I'm sure you did, Adam. Yeah, look again. That was the premiership sealer, and that's yeah. No, it was a great goal. That's sort of stuff that you know. I guess we'll talk about on our regular show that that yeah, that lack that class that yeah, that X factor. That that was an X factor of a goal from Luke Bratton. That was the one that. Yeah, basically, it just looked like it was going to be, it's going down as a draw, and then he sort of then Bratton steps up and just fires, fires through, and that was yeah, was he right? Yeah, definitely. All right, keeping it moving, Scott, pick six. Okay, so I've got three that I'm going to um, tie and decide between. I'm going to go with what I consider to be the most perfect team performance of the decade. It was the the um seven one at home against Adelaide United. This was. You think back to the whole Raw Salon, I think this was when it really, really started to catch national attention. You think back to the, um, they were chasing down the record. They were, they just won the double the year before, but this was the first time we saw the Raw really, really route somebody at home. And it was, the, I think Bressart Bruce just got a hat-trick in about a span of four minutes there. Four. Uh, yeah, four minutes. And I think Dario I think opened the scoring early on, which was a big mistake and about the worst thing they could have done because they really got the Raw angry that night. And I think it was 5-1 at halftime and it ended up being 7-1 at full time. It was a really complete team performance. Yeah, I was at indoor. I, I, I had to go play because a bunch of other players in my team actually wound up going and going to the Raw that night and we wound up losing 13-0. <laughs> so you felt worse than Adelaide that night? Yeah, a little bit. It, it was not. It was not a fun night, especially because I wound up with really bad carpet burn from playing goalkeeper. But yeah. that's just that's just me, anyway. Yeah, no, but that, that game was significant as well because that was the, the that was the night that Bessar Barisha, you know, announced himself as you know, yeah, as the Raw's lead striker, and you know, like to the rest of history, as they say. Yeah, because he had sort of fired before that uh, in a couple of games. I think he scored against Sydney FC. And still trying to find his feet. And then next thing we know, he's scoring four against Adelaide and starting to really make a name for himself. So once again, good pick. And now we're going to move on to the third and final round. And picking first for once is going to be me here. So thankfully, you didn't actually steal uh, that other game that I was contemplating there as well. And I'm going to go for what was Thomas Broich's final A-League home game 
and that penalty shootout win over the Western Sydney Wanderers in 2017, April 2017, where it was, turned out to be uh, Jamie Young coming off the bench and playing uh, hero in the penalty shootout. Yeah, that that was um, yeah. Again, that was just another another sort of you know dramatic, you know, Suncorp Stadium, you know, grand final. That it's not just a grand final, finals series game where you know everything seemed to happen. And at the end of the day, yeah, it was uh, right came from penalty. But this way, I just remember actually watching Thomas Broach on the sideline. Yeah, he was actually. I think it was he was. You know, I see both ice ice on both hamstrings. Yeah, just. So seeing, seeing there and just you know, cheering on, it's, it's, it's a memory that, it's a sort of the last vision that you, know, you remember of him as far as being a Brooklyn Raw player. Scott? Yeah, that was another great game, wasn't it? Think back, it's also, it's, apart from Broich, the iconic shot of him on the sideline in the penalty shootout, you also think back, it's one of those games where we saw the, really saw the best of Brandon Borello and, and Jamie McLaren, the counter-attack style John Ellis he brought in, the pace that those two guys had in particular to hit teams on the counter-attack. We really saw that come into full flow in that game, and it was, it was great, and also great for Jamie Young because he hadn't really had that iconic moment up until that point. And you think he did make come in, and he had to make the big. I think he had to make a couple of big saves in the shootout, and the one he did make into um, win it, it was absolutely a brilliant moment. You think back his reaction as well, the emotion on his face and in, in him as he was celebrating that save, it was a big moment. And it did. I, I honestly think that really did give him a lot of confidence going forward as well, when he had to come and play a lot more over the next few years as well. So, yeah, it's a good sign. And, you know, we can always remember that season under John Aloisi is one that, look, yes, it didn't quite go to plan. But you know what? I still really enjoyed it. I don't know. That's just me. All right. Uh, we're going to move on now. Pick number eight, Scott. Yep. Okay, so I've still got three to choose from. I'm going to go with the one which I'm – which I'm going, to, I'm going to go with. It's the um, final game of the 2010-11 A-League regular season at home, Gold Coast United. The first win the Raw had over Gold Coast United. It, it did, again, we talked about how the um, the grand final was the culmination of that season generally, but the end of the regular season, it was a big celebration for a number of reasons. A, a home derby, a first home win, lifting the, lifting the club's first piece of A-League silverware at the time. Also, it was a really important moment for the city, I think, as well, because it was the first really big event back in southeast Queensland after the 2011 floods, which obviously caused massive devastation around the place. It was the first event back, and it was a really a really good atmosphere around the ground that night. It was one of the Raw's bigger regular season crowds, and it, the party started really early on. From, I think Barbarossa scored in the first five minutes, and from then on it was almost a procession, but it was a really great moment to round out a, a terrific season. Yeah, and no, I remember that game. Um, I, I remember Eric Pardalou scored an absolute banger from from outside the box, um, that, that's a, I think it's to make it 4-0. Well, it was really essential garbage time, but that was a fantastic goal. And it, it just really sort of, it kicked off the party, as they say, because I know as well, you know, Gold Coast United at that time as well were dominating the Raw. And to really sort of thump them on, on, on the road to the finals, that, I think that, I think you know, from a local point of view as well, that was you know, that monkey off their back. Yeah, definitely. All right, I've got a feeling... I know what you're going to pick for uh, your third and final choice, Adam, but I want to know if I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, look, my final choice is it's like with eight games where the Royals won. It's one game that no, we didn't win was um, was the semi final 2016 oh. 17. Against, <laughs> yeah, so I have to have to bring it in because it, it was it was a James it was cut a him great off now. Of football, I think for drama, I think it was more. But I said the result didn't go away, but the five four extra time um, defeat down at Parramatta Stadium in the, in the final game there 
Like I couldn't. It's, it's hard not to, even though, even though like the result in our way is sort of you know stuff and nightmares for raw raw fans. Yeah, it's one that you no, know, it still was a dramatic, entertaining game of football. I think again, another game that I think would be up there in the A League's best games. Yeah, all right. Can I just point out some of the games you could have chosen? You could have chosen. 4-0 away to Melbourne victory where the Raw absolutely routed them, scoring a bunch of superb goals. You could have picked 5-1 away to Sydney. You could have picked 4-0 at home to Perth Glory where they broke the Australian sporting record. But no, you've gone for a final series loss. Really? Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, you've got to have some objectivity. No, well, I, it, think it was, I thought it was just a very, very entertaining game of football. Like, uh, irrespective of the, of the result. That's, that's, how, that's why, yeah. You could have also picked the um, Thomas Broich winner of the week before that. Yeah, there are a lot of games we missed out on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. You know, proof it's not all uh, sunshine and rainbow farts here. But anyway. All right, so those are our nine picks. Obviously, there are a whole bunch more for honourable mentions. When you're listening to this, we would love to hear from you. So feel free to leave a comment on the uh, Facebook or Send us an email, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Obviously, we want to hear your thoughts on the memories of the decade. And now we're going to move on to best moment. Now, some of these are going to overlap with best games. And frankly, I really don't care. I think some of these moments, you know, are worth uh, mentioning on their own. Now, we're going to follow a similar draft pattern. And this time, Adam, you're picking first. Yeah, um, yeah best moments. Uh, look, it's, again, it's... Uh, I know we've mentioned in the, in the um, sort of the best games, but look for, for me, Orange Sunday won 2011 Grand Final. That, that's got to be the, the Zenith moment. What moment? You've got to pick one. Yeah, no, no. I'm, oh, the moment within the game? Yep. Oh, well, it has to, has to be part of Luke Header. <laughs> that's, that's pretty simple. Like, so that's, that's probably the most replayed um, moment you know, in, in the history of the A-League almost. And, you know, Simon Hill's commentary you know, over the top of it. So, yeah, look. As far as well, I know, we covered it in, in great length over many shows, but look, for me, that's still the number one moment as a Bristol Raw fan. Okay, that's fair enough. And the reason I made you actually pick that specific moment is because I want to go super macro here and uh, take another moment from that game. It's about a three second block right before Enrique strikes his penalty, because I swear you can hear all of Suncorp Stadium go, <gasps> <laughs> yep. Uh, and I don't really, remember a thing after the part headed to be fair. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I I just remember seeing the ball hit the back of the net. I black out. Next thing I know, oh, they're starting a shootout. And I, I might have kissed quite a bunch of people in my row when Pardalou's header went in. So, uh, that, But, yeah, I've got to go number two on uh, number two Enrique's penalty from that night, which did, of course, lead, lead to Mackay saying this. Oh, yeah! And everyone... Uh, was saying that quite a lot on Caxton Street afterwards as well. So, yeah, it was a... It was I was going to say 52,000 people were saying that, but I think about 5,000 people had bailed by that point, so they might have missed it. Definitely. So we'll say about so, 47,000 people were saying something similar to that. I'll drop it down to about 44, because I'm pretty sure there were a few Mariners fans there, and I'm pretty sure I could just yeah. hear Graham Arnold saying something unrepeatable. <laughs> All right, Scott, you're up next. Pick number three. Okay, so I'm going to go with the uh, Luke Bratton goal to win the Premiership in 2014. It was, I, I don't, as I said, I don't think I've celebrated a goal more than that outside of the Pardaloo header. It was just a brilliant moment to win the Premier's plate, 
to against the team I disliked the most in this league. It was a great moment, and again, it kicked off another big night of celebrations all around the place. So it was a great moment. Yep. All right. Moving on. So round two, I'm going to stick with my short person theme and go for actually Enrique's winner in the 2014 uh, grand final against the Wanderers. I, you know, no no reason uh, why I can't back that, and I'm going to. Okay, I can I can actually say that was one goal that Scott didn't celebrate because he fainted. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. My legs completely <laughs> gave out after that. I'll give you that. <laughs> If I didn't faint, I probably would have celebrated it, but I did. <laughs> yeah. uh, see, what I remember about that, so I was standing, it would have been 331, it would have been row 19, I think, and with those plastic beer cups that they have uh, in the den, you know how cold it was that night? I just remember seeing that ball hit the back of the net and just getting a cold, like, cold uh, thing running down the back of my head, down the back of my jersey, because someone had clearly squeezed their cup, which was full at the time. So, you know, it was an expensive goal for them. And I just remember that beer trickling down going, oh, my God, that's cold, but I don't care. They've just scored. They're going to win the grand final. And, yeah, just that that weird little feeling of just, I don't know what to do here. Anyway, I do know what I'm doing next, though. I'm going to pass it over to Scott for pick number five. Well, while we're talking about grand final goals, I'll go with the grand final nobody's mentioned on this show yet, the 2012 grand final. I'm going to annoy a bunch of people over in the West, but I don't care. Firstly, number one, it was a penalty. I think we, everyone listening disagrees. It's 100% penalty. And secondly, Liam Miller the, said so. I'm not yeah, arguing the, with him. The, yeah. the whole thing of everything that happened around that with the, the massive protest from Perth Glory and the celebration in the corner, I was sitting over in that corner, in that, that southwestern corner. I wasn't too far from those celebrations when the... When that penalty did go in, I thought that that was another great moment. I will say on that, dirty little secret about that, it was kind of a rubbish game. That it moment, was though, a rubbish game. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was not a great game, game of football. And again, there was uh, Raw leaving it late. Um, yeah, but we've, man- we've managed to insult our Manual supports now, Perth supports. So we're doing well. well. To be fair, if I was the VAR on that day, I would have had to give a no decision because I couldn't even see it over the ad board. All I saw was best <laughs> up, swing his leg next thing I saw him celebrating like he'd scored. So I actually initially thought he had scored, but no, it was a penalty. But it was a I, couldn't hear the, I couldn't hear the ref's whistle from where we were on halfway for that game. And yeah, again, it was just, that was phenomenal. It wasn't a great penalty either, but it went in. So I guess it was. Adam, pick six. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with a moment that um, is actually a, bit, a little bit obscure, as I like to do. But, uh, actually, I, I couldn't actually, I tried to do the research. I couldn't remember when, what season it was, but, it was it was um, a game at Central Coast Stadium um, where where the great Massimo Madoka scored a goal. 2013 13 Yep. Yep, that's the one at, at, at Gosford where he scored a goal and the away supporters actually knocked down the fence. They were that happy with it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's one that, you know, that's the one that sticks out because, like I said, I know, I know Massimo did not score many goals for the, for the Raw, so obviously it was. Um, Great celebration when he does. And that was a fence-smashing moment. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, I feel like that was around November, December, because I think I was at my sister's place when that happened, and I was catching up uh, with it on Twitter with that one. So there we go. Uh, moving on, we're going to go into the third and final round for best moment. Scott, uh, you've yep. got first pick here. Well, speaking of goals away from home, I'm going to go to a goal down at Amy Park in January of 2014, and it's the 36th pass goal 
finished off by the late Liam Miller. It was just a perfect team goal. It really was. I mean, you think about, I think every player touched the ball in that movement and it just completely ripped open the Melbourne victory and it was so well worked and so precise. And it was, it really did sum up what the best of Brisbane Raw was over the course of the decade, that short, sharp, incisive attacking, penetrating attacking football. It just, it's all encapsulated in that one moment. It was brilliant. Also yeah. against victory, so that gives it extra points. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely agree. Definitely. All right. Um, Adam, you got pick eight? Um, I'm going to go the one of the goals was uh, going back to that famous game in round 17, 2011-12 season, Mo Adnan's free kick. <laughs> because that came from absolutely nothing and the raw heading for defeat. And the big lanky Bahraini defender decides to kick a free, to score a free kick past Liam Reddy. Um, I know there's one particular gentleman that was still, probably still sore after his tumble and celebrating. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, and that, look at that, the chain of events that self after that. Um, look, if, if Adnan puts a high wide into the wall, you know, it's one of those what if moments. But that just set off everything. I know it's, for me, um, a very, very memorable goal. Definitely. And also, that was Broich's first game back from that injury as well. And I still have a video somewhere around. Obviously, it's not going to be great quality because it was on a late uh, 2007 model point-and-shoot camera. But there's a video of just the applause at Suncorp Stadium that night as well. But that is not going to be my pick. I'm actually going to go off the field for one of the best moments. And I am going to be a little bit self-serving here. And I'm going to talk about the uh, Thomas Broich farewell Q&A that we put on with the Raw Supporters Federation in April 2017 at, I believe at the time it was Darling and Cohen, it still might be, where we got to, yeah, it was just sitting down talking with Thomas Broich for a couple of hours and really getting to understand what was going on. And yeah, Broich on the night could not have been more generous with his time, could not have answered questions any better than he did. And look, there's a lot of controversy over how he left. I get it. But I think the way that it, that night played out was just really well done for all involved. And yes, that is a little bit of patting myself on the back, but also, you know, uh, you guys obviously with the streaming, the club, the RSF getting all that set up as well, that deserves plenty of credit as well. So I'm going to be a little bit selfish and say that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the video of that, of that in its entirety um, is actually still somewhere on our Facebook page. Uh, if you, if you're sort of bored over the Christmas period and want to ha- relive that, uh, listen to the great man. Yes, I absolutely support what James is saying. That it was um, it was a memorable night, um, probably the most memorable night away from sort of, you know, a football stadium. Because uh, yeah, that just to hear uh, a great man Thomas Broch's insight. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's still somewhere on our Facebook page. Mark, yeah, Mark, plenty, pl- the link. plenty of great stories and a few laughs in there as well. It was a great night, absolutely. And I think the crowd that night as well does deserve plenty of credit as well because that was one of those things where I spent probably a few days panicking going, if this turns into a screaming match about oh, why are you letting him go, why are you going, don't do this, don't leave. I was sitting there going, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But thankfully it, it happened in the you know spirit in which we hoped it had gone. And yeah, that's my third uh, best moment of the, well, ninth best moment, I guess, because some of those have to be in there as well. So those are our best moments. Now, we should also mention as well, we've got to go W League as uh, quickly and just talk about some of the best moments we've got for uh, there. Now, I'm going to pick first because, quite frankly, I haven't had, I haven't gone first yet. 
I'm going to pick winning the Premier's Plate against Canberra in uh, the 2017 season, I believe. It could have been 2018. I just, they beat Canberra it at home. 2017-18 season. That's right, yeah. 2017-18 season, winning the Premier's Plate against Canberra at home. Mel Andretta going absolutely ballistic on the sideline. And, yeah, it, it was just one of those great afternoons. Yeah, Adam? no, no. It was, it was, it was, and also, as well, I think that would be one of the bigger crowds as well by the time um, that game finished because it was a, it was a double header with the A League games. You had you had people um, streaming for the A League game, you know, coming in to, to see the ending of that game. So I think that just that just really encapsulated the moment. So so yeah, no, that, that was um, yeah, a big moment, you know, for I think for W League, but like a relatively successful team. But I think as well for for Melbourne, the way sort of after a sort of poor fairly poor season by SDN previously, I think to, to climb the mountain and win the premiership, I think that was a big moment for um, her as a coach. And look, she's now she's now off, you know, it's just the coach of the, soc- of, so- the, soc- of the Matildas. And um, yeah, I think a, a lot of that would have to do with you know, that season. Definitely. All right, uh, Scott, what's your pick for best W League moment of the decade? I think I go right back to the beginning of the decade, actually, when it was the, um, the 2010-11 W League grand final, when the Raw did go down to Sydney FC. And Avenger lost from the previous year where they lost to Sydney FC in, that, in the grand final. They won it this year, 2010. I think Lisa Devanna came off the bench and actually scored the winner in that game for the Raw. It was the second and most recent W League championship the side has won. And it's a terrific achievement. I think it's one of the first, it was probably the first time over the history of the competition, over the Australian football since the uh, 2005 when the A League and W League were launched, that the, um, the same club had won both the A League and W League in the same season. It was a it was a terrific moment. It was it was a really good season as well from the from the ladies, and that's probably the best team they've had over the course of the decade. They've had some good ones recently. Obviously, won the premiership two years ago. You mentioned James did well last year as well, but that that was probably the best team they've had over the course of the decade. Adam, your pick. Yeah, uh, mine goes back. Most uh, there's been plenty of good moments during recent times. Mine actually goes back to I think the year 2012, 13 season. Correct if I'm wrong, Scott. Uh, it was the was the semi-final at Cusack against um, Sydney FC, um, where basically uh, it was a, a, which went to a penalty shootout with a Raw ended up winning. I think Casey Demont um, was was the hero on that day. But also as well, um, now Mariners coach and ex Matilda's coach Alan Savage gave himself set off after absolutely blowing up blowing up the Lux, um, you know, on the sidelines. And when you say got sent to the stands, literally, I think, to the bottom step of one of the stands. So, so yeah, that, that's – but the game itself, it was yeah, – I remember um, on being on ABC, and I think at the time it was probably one of the most viewed sort of um, W League games sort of, you know, in history at the time. So, obviously, it was a game that sort of yeah, captured the imagination. Definitely. All right. So, we've got those for the W League. Now, I do want to finish off with a little bit of fashion, and I want to go, what were the best season for the kit? So, that's got to be every kit. Uh, I, I'm kind of throwing a bit of a curveball here, so I'll lead off with this as well. I, I love the 2013-2014 uh, uh, Puma kits, where they, which they won the double under Mike Mulvey in. I think that was the best set of uh, three kits that the Raw have had all decade. I know there was plenty of love for the Asian Champions League ones and the ones from the Perth Grand Final, but you just can't go... Yeah, I would have said that one as well, James, but I'll, since you said that, I'll go for the 2015-16 um, ones. Um, the first year of John Aloisi, the orange with the black trim, the white pinstripes, those two kits were absolutely brilliant to me. I'm Adam, not I think... The third kit, but I like the first two. 
Adam, I, I think I know what you're going to say then. Uh, yeah, I, mine is a 2012 ACL kit, the Black Away kit. It's uh, still, uh, I own probably about 20 raw kits and still my favourite to wear. All right, there we go. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about some of the negative moments as well. We talk about plenty of positives here. We could talk about a couple of the um, mm. the lower moments for the raw. Well, that's actually what I was going to go into, Scott. So you just uh, killed my segue there. Thank you very much. No problem. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we will mention, obviously, it hasn't been all, all highs for the Raw this decade. Obviously, you know, first uh, memory that uh, jumps to mind is straight after that Mariners grand final was obviously the license getting handed back to the FFA for the Raw and having to find new owners for that. Obviously, we've had plenty of uh, financial troubles for the Raw. That's cost some players. That's cost some sponsors and everything. Um Adam, what I want to get uh, your opinions on this as well. So we'll go with you, Adam. Yeah, look, for, for me, the, the low moment, I, I believe, and I, I still think it's a, it's a low moment, was um, the circumstance around Mike Mulvey sacking. And um, and I think even to this day, we're still, we're still very... Because I think the club that day made a choice you know, to sack a premiership-winning coach. And I don't think the club has recovered since fully. I mean, uh, we talk about the, all those calcium days, for all the great memories. For me, that's the, sort of the moment in the timeline where things went south. And things went in trouble. Look, you may be right that maybe when the backers got involved, maybe uh, things sort of didn't go the way we planned. But for me, that's the one moment um, that I think that where the club will throw at its knees. And I don't think the club is fully uh, recovered despite all the goodwill of, you know, of, of administration and whatnot. And that, I, I think for me, just a, just a shock around that, that you can sack a, a coach after seven games after winning the premiership. It's just, yeah. It's just, yeah. That, that, to me, is probably the low point, but there are a couple others. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Scott? Um, for me, the you. low... Yep, for me, the low moment is... I agree, Adam's one's a good one, but to me, it's got to be the Ceres Negris game at QSAC. It's for a number of reasons. Number one... The game against the Filipino side, a game I think a lot of people expected the Raw to win and win quite comfortably. They played a similar side, Global FC, the year before, where they did win, I think, 6-0, and they turned up at QSAC that night, and we thought it would be a pretty similar type of performance and result, and it just never happened on the field. And then you think about the stuff that happened around that in terms of the numbers literally falling off the shirts. It did symbolise a lot of the problems the Raw had through the middle of the decade for me, and that was a really, really bad look and a bad moment. Yep. Absolutely. That would have been number two. Yeah, and of course the uh, Daniel Cobb stuff as well uh, early on. I think it was Aloisi's first season, possibly. Uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff going on there, obviously yeah, losing super, Luke super Bratton. Superannuation gate with Luke Bratton. And, uh, yeah, there, there's, been a, there's, been a few, there's been a few sort of moments. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can't forget that those have happened, but I do still want to keep it largely positive. So I do want to uh, go back to that Serious Negros game and talk about the daggers that we were getting from John Aloisi after that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, st- now, I still don't know which of us annoyed him more, James, you or me, with our questions to him. I think Adam is unscathed, but I think we both annoyed him. Yeah. I think it might have actually been uh, my question up to the FFA Cup loss to Melbourne victory, where I, I might have. Uh, let myself get a little bit too creative with the question and getting yelled at for that. <laughs> but, I think, um, I mean, uh, like, like for you guys, um, FFA uh, media manager Ben O'Neill was there to, <laughs> to, to save you. So <laughs> she was. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, I, I will. You know, we we've had a bit of fun with um, Aloisi, but you know, in his defence, he was always very nice and respectful with us 
uh, for the most part as well. So we should also say, yeah, it, we do remember some of the times where he might not have been in the best of moods, but on the whole, he was pretty good with us. So we should probably mention that as well in his defence. So what we're talking about things like that, it's actually been, a, for the Brisbane football as a whole, the decade's been quite good. It started out, it's just, we started out in 2012, obviously myself and Joseph is no longer with the Brisbane Football VXC moved down to Sydney, but Adam and James joined in 2015 and it's it's kicked on quite well. So for us, the decade has been really interesting. It started off just as social media platforms and now we've got the podcast and the radio show and all the rest. So it's been a really good decade for us as well. Just should throw yeah. that in there as well. Definitely. And we do thank all our listeners and uh, Adrian at Podular Media, DFS for their support, helping get us off the ground as well. And now on a new platform of uh, the Football Nation Radio. So we're obviously, you know, really appreciate all the support we get, the patience from our, you know, families and whatnot to put up with us being, well, at least on my end, quite narcissistic about all of this. <laughs> but we're going to finish off with uh, teams of the decade. Now, I'm going to start off with the W League side. Um, and who wants to go first? Because I, I, I want to hear your thoughts first. Scott, how about you? Okay, so I'll go first then. Throwing me under the bus nicely. Thanks for that, James. All right, so I've gone with the 4-3-3 here. So Mackenzie Arnold in goal, I think she was being the best goalkeeper the Raw have had over the course of the decade. I've gone with the back four, right back Brooke Spence and Claire Polking on playing at right centre back alongside Laura Alloway and Carson Pickett at left back. I think that's a that's a really strong back four. That's a pair of Matilda's internationals, a US import who's made that left back spot her own over the last three years and a stalwart of the first decade there. The midfield three is probably the current midfield three, if I'm being honest. It's Celeste Beret, Katrina Gorey, and Tamiki Yallop. I think it's I think not much to be said about those three players. That Celeste Beret, when she moved to the Raw from Canberra two years ago, has made a massive impact, and Katrina Gorey and Tamiki Yallop have just been synonymous with this side over the course of the decade. And the front three is Hayley Rasso, Emily Gilnick, and Nalira Toby. It's pace, it's goals, and it's the two top goal scorers, apart from Tamiki Yallop, over the decades. All three of the Raw's top goal scorers are in this side, and there's plenty of pace and power in that front third. And I don't know if you want my bench straight away, James. I've got on the bench reserve goalkeeper Nadine Anger, joined by Jenna McCormick, Elise Kellen-Knight, Amy Chapman, and Lana Hark with Mel Andretta as the coach. Yep. Uh, I'm guessing, Adam, you're also pretty unanimous on uh, Mel Andretta as a coach? Uh, yes. All right. Let's hear your side. Okay. My side uh, is a little different. Uh, in goals, i got uh, Nadine Anger as... Um, as goals, uh, Laura Alloway, now Brock, I'm told. Uh, Claire Polk. Yep, recently Brooks married. Spence. Yep, Brooke Spence and Carson Pickett as in the fence. Uh, the midfield of Elise Callum-Knight, Katrina Gorey and Katrina Yallop, the butt. To make uh, Yallop. Yep, and then the front three, I've gone with Emily Gilnick, Lana Hutch up front with Hayley Rasso. And on the bench, uh, Casey Dumont. Tim Carroll, Celeste Beret, Jenna McCormick, and Amy Chapman. All right. Uh, now mine. I've got Mel as the coach as well. And I, I will give full disclosure here. I very heavily weighted it to recent years because that's just what I've watched a lot more of. I'm not going to pretend that I watch every game from you know 2011 or whatnot. So in goals, I've got Mackenzie Arnold. Uh, defenders, I've got uh, Laura Alloway, Polkinghorne, Pickett, and Spence. Midfield this year's three, Yallop, Gorry, and Brio. Uh, up front, I've got Yuki Nagasato. I know she was only here for a short time, but she was that good. And then uh, Alira Toby and Hayley Rasso as well. And then my bench, Gilnick, Beard, Crummer, Angra, and Keller Knight. Any major arguments with that? 
No, the only one I would have is picking Elise Kelly Knight in the starting lineup. I mean, was a terrific player when Elise was here, but missed three, four years of the decade. So I had a hard time putting her in the starting lineup as terrific as Elise has been for the Raw. Definitely. All right. Now let's move on to the A League team of the decade. Now, if you know someone at the Raw is uh, listening to this, uh, well, apologies if we uh, step on any toes here. If but, they are uh, listening to this. Move Thomas Broich into the attacking third of the pole, please, because. <laughs> I, I refuse to fill that out. As yeah, no, I agree. All right. All right. Um, Adam, you can go first. All righty. Uh, my, okay, so obviously a coach, I think it's pretty unanimous. Um, Ange Postacoglu, man, can look what he's done. I think, yeah, he's, he's clearly the coach of the uh, decade for mine. But for, so in goals, I've got Michael Theo. Uh, defenders, Jack Hingott, Matt Smith, Jade North, and Shane Stefanuno. Um, in midfield, Eric Pardaloo, Matt Mackay, and Corona. And uh, up in the forwards, Enrique, Fessart, Marisha, and Thomas Broich. On the bench, Jamie Young, Ivan Franjic, Massimo Madoka, Jamie McLaren, and Sergio Van Dyke. All right, there we go. Uh, you were impressed by Van Dyke's three months in the 2010 season, were you? Yes, I was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott? Yep. So I've yep. gone with Andrew's coach as well in a 4-3-3, and it's largely based on the team Mike Mulvey coached in 2013-14. So I've got Michael Theo in goal, back four of Franich, Smith, North, and Stefanudo. I think that was a really complete back four to me. It was had everything that you want in the back four. Midfield's where I had the most trouble. Matt Mackay picks himself, but I've tried to put balance in the sides. So I've gone with... Eric Pardlu holding midfield. And on the other side, I've gone Dimi Petrados. I think he added a lot to the side, creatively attacking. I know he had some lesser games, but when he was on, he had some really big games. And think back to his importance in that 2013-14 side. He added the balance to the right-hand side. So he's in my midfield three. And up front, it's the same three Adam had. Enrique, Berisha, and Broich. And on the bench, I've got Jamie Young, Jack Hingott, Luke Bratton, Brandon Borello, and Jamie McLaren. All right, I'm going to run through mine really quickly because it is very similar to yours. You've got Ange as coach, Theo uh, in goals, Franich, Smith, North, and Stefanudo. Midfield, I just had to pick the best three, Mackay, Pardaloo, and Bratton. I know it's two defensive midfielders, but I could not split Pardaloo and Bratton. Uh, up front, work. Broich, yeah. Berisha, and Enrique. And on the bench, Young, Hingett, Nichols, Barella, and McLaren. I, I know I make a lot of fun of Mitch Nichols, but he was yeah. a linchpin early on in the decade as well, so I'll give him that. I can't um, argue with that. I had no, him as the no. last man cut from my side, so I can't argue with that. Yeah, no, it's the same. I like I said, yeah, Mitch Nichols. Uh, he he probably he'd be in the honourable mention pile, I think. Yeah, definitely. All right, um, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review, and I believe the Brisbane Football Review for 2019. So, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Adam. It's been a fun year again. Yes, thanks, James. Thanks, Scott. It's the final Brisbane Football Review of the decade, James, as well. Yes. And we'll be on to bigger and better things in 2020. Thanks, everyone, for your support throughout the 2019 calendar year. We're looking forward to hopefully a bit more fun in uh, 2020. And, yes, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in the new year. Have a good break. We'll talk to you then. A chance for Brisbane, a huge roar around Suncorp. Graham Arnold can't stand it. <laughs> That's unbelievable tension here at Suncorp. The best team of the A-League era.
big breakthrough in the shootouts goes the way of the Brisbane Roar. Another one, and Brisbane are almost there. Pedgebite. He's saved again, Michael Theotitos. Enrique against Ryan. It's all on this. Enrique scores! Brisbane are the champions! And who'd have thought we'd have been saying that some ten minutes ago? What an incredible comeback! What an incredible team this Brisbane Raw side is! It's Brisbane's day! It's Brisbane's season! It's Brisbane's time! Postacoglu's team claim the championship to go with the premiership and for the first time in the A-League era we could say Brisbane Raw, champions of Australia.